Right. Well, I'm really glad that I'm not the only one with public restroom anxiety. <laughs> you're definitely not. No, I actually agree with you that um, it's worse when you're solo because it, I feel like if it's me, I'm like, oh, you know, she's two. She's she, this is the best that we can do right now versus like a desperately now borderline sweaty 31 year old woman who is doing her best and still I'm doing my best. Ladies at the Vermont bathroom in the Burlington Airport. <laughs> Welcome to Montessori Moms in the Wild. We are three trained Montessori guides and new moms. We are not here to be your guide per se, but simply to share, commiserate, and even inspire each other on this wild journey. Each episode, we will discuss a different element of the Montessori philosophy, explaining why it is one we find so important and interesting, and then take turns being blatantly honest about how we succeed and struggle with these practices in real life. There is no Montessori album for parenthood, and we are certainly in no shape to write one. Our hopes are that together we can remind ourselves of what is important to us as Montessorians and as mothers in a way that might help other parents, or at least entertain them. So sit back and relax as we take Montessori out of the textbooks and into the wild. Hello and welcome back to Montessori Moms in the Wild. My name is Megan. I am a mother of two with my training in lower elementary, ages six to nine. I am here with Rachel, soon to be mother of two, with Montessori training in infant toddler, ages birth through three years old, and Laura, mother of one, who has a Montessori training in lower and upper elementary, ages six to 12. Let's start by catching up. What has everyone been up to this week? Rachel, we missed you last week. We want to hear from you. Let's start with you. It's so nice to be back, friends. Um, I had a death in my family. My grandfather passed away, so um, I spent some time at home um, just resting with family, but it just felt like weird because I like had like no responsibility, but just you know, resting, being with family. I mean, caring for my child, but my parents were also there and like pops is like the sun rises and sets on my father for my child. So he was like all about some pops all week. Um, so it was just nice to have the family time. And, um, I definitely needed that. It's just going to be a time of healing and getting used to the new normal, of course. But as far as this week, I had my lovely glucose test. Lovely. Lovely. It was so much, so enjoyable, you know, actually it's not as, I feel like it was worse with Finley than it was maybe this go round, but I did have a different flavor. Um, I had orange. What flavor? What did you do? I think I had red with Finley. Red with Finley and orange with. Yeah, it was like girl. a, it tasted like straight up or like Hawaiian punch, like just <laughs> badness. Yeah, hot, hot Hawaiian <laughs> punch. Or did you guys get cold? Because I feel like the second time I had like a chilled one, which was definitely better. Mine was chilled. Yeah. Yeah, they gave me mine the day before. um, So I was able to go put oh. it in my own fridge. And then I had to chug that's it on the nice. way in nice. so that I didn't have to wait like chug it and wait because you know like they can't process it immediately right yeah yeah because like I had to go they were like okay drink in three minutes and they gave me a timer and then I went and had my ultrasound and my appointment with my doctor and then I went and had my blood work done like sitting in the waiting room with this timer around my neck yeah but (laughs) when they told me when they told me three minutes I was like listen (laughs) I used to drink alcohol from a plastic (laughs) bottle 
in college. <laughs> it's very I true. Can do that. It's very true. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I don't have gestational diabetes, so that's great. And Woo-hoo. little girl is doing good. I'm 29 weeks, so we're moving along. We'll we'll see. I don't know. Finley came at 37, so I really need to get my life together, guys. <laughs> I mean, you you're are. doing good. You're like one wall at a time <laughs> being painted. One wall, and then I have a whole other room to go. So you know, whatever. <laughs> well, so if let's say baby gives you eight weeks more like Finley did. You have eight more walls that you can paint. How many more walls <laughs> there you go. do we need? I have seven, so I'm I'm pretty good. All right. All right. I think we can do this. I think this is realistic. We, as we. <laughs> I've done nothing. I'm sorry. <laughs> Nobody's done nothing except me. Garrett keeps walking in being like, we really got to paint. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> we do. And actually, yeah, we had that big play date and I was like, I'll paint while I'm there. And then we got sucked into a big conversation <laughs> and then Megan got there and then your sister got there and you were like, go paint. And she was like, eh, yeah. no, maybe later. My, si- my sister's coming tomorrow. So that I have a little bit of hope, a little bit of hope, but that's about it. But You got this, Auntie Rye. Yes. Laura, what about you? Oh, well, you know, if we had recorded this 24 hours ago, I would have had a very different Sharon. But unfortunately, my all-consuming thoughts now revolve around we have yet another stomach bug in the house. So it was a long night because it seemed to strike at around like 2 a.m. for my child. And that was rough. And... I'm actually, I really am very fortunate. She is like a little trooper, like when she's sick or if she gets hurt or whatever it is, like the reaction that she could be having, like the amount of miserable that it could be would be much higher if she weren't the way that she is. She takes it in stride and she tends to be pretty chipper about the whole thing. Like when we had to throw her in the tub, strip down the bed, like just the whole nine to recover run toothbrush over her little teeth for the stomach acid, drink a little water, you know, like the whole process. She was really, really sweet about it. So that was helpful at least, but it just sucks, man. It just sucks when they're sick and also sucks knowing that like any minute now, sometime between now and like 4 a.m., I most likely am going to get hit with it and... Oh, I just will take like anything over a stomach bug. You can't you you can't think that way. You have to think it's not it's not you. It's, it's not, not you. You are it's me. A healthy <laughs> temple of just vitamins mm-hmm. and minerals. I'm a divine healthy goddess. There you go. You're gonna get sick, Laura. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Thank I'm you. I'm gonna Rachel. be that person. Rachel coming in with the truth over here. Um, listen, very shortly, I will re-attain my divine healthy goddess status. I believe it in my heart to be true. But right now, I am a run-down dumpster fire of a human being. Do you see that the comfy <laughs> is out you tonight, it out. ladies? So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to believe Rachel. But we'll see. We'll see. Anyway. How are you? Well, I'll just go take my positivity <laughs> No, please, please cheer us up. Tell us something better than freaking stomach bugs. Well, my children have also been sick, but I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> um, but I went to Laura's homeland of Vermont this weekend. Yeah. yeah. And it was, one, <laughs> very cold. Mm-hmm. And I was not prepared for it to be very cold. Where did you think you were going? <laughs> I don't know what I thought. <laughs> I was like, it's... It's spring, right? It is not Megan, spring. Megan, it's not even spring Megan, here. Megan. <laughs> Megan. Tell me. I specifically told you 
with my voice and through text message <laughs> every time that this trip came up that it was going to be cold. So you sitting here right now with the audacity to say, I didn't know. I can't. I won't tolerate it. She didn't know, Laura. I can't even process the type of cold yeah, that it it's was. It's a bone-chilling cold. I show, So you're going to laugh. I showed up to the airport to Vermont in tennis shoes. Just like with, you know, those like no-show socks. Sure. So your ankles were cold. Yes. So they just shattered immediately upon impact because it is way too cold to have exposed skin. What were you thinking? Just thin yoga pants and just a hoodie because (laughs) she's covering her face and (laughs) so disappointed in me. I mean, what do you expect? What do you expect? I was like, oh, it's cold. I'll put on a sweater. That's... So anyway, we'll move past this before Laura's head combusts. Yeah, thank you. So I saw a frozen lake for the first time. Never seen one before. So I, it was probably one of the scariest moments of my life. We were driving in the car. Uh, we were at a baby shower and one of my friends, her husband was like, do you want me to drive on it? And I was like, I want nothing less to ever happen in my life. Yeah. Please don't do that. <laughs> But he did because um, there was a bunch of cars on it. People were ice fishing and stuff. I, I'm here and alive and everything went fine, but it was, it was very scary. My last takeaway from my trip, and I just this is something I just want to say because it's something I noticed and I was wondering if anyone feels the same way. Okay, airport bathrooms. Does anyone else get immediately stressed out when the automatic soap dispenser or water or paper towel dispenser doesn't immediately work? (laughs) And I just feel like an idiot trying to do it. And then I move quickly to the next one. And I didn't realize how much stress it brought me. And I was just wondering if I'm the only one who feels this way. You are not. Yeah, that's that's a real thing. I feel it too. You know, when it always happens to me is when somebody else yes. just chose the other sink. And now I'm like, <laughs> so I just keep jabbing my hand desperately under it. Oh, like, behind you, like staring at you waiting and you can't uh, get anything to turn you're on. Like I picked the wrong one. Now I need to wait for you. <laughs> yeah. I need, I'm going to stare at you with my soapless hands. Sadly. <laughs> Can you put some soap in my hands, please? I picked the wrong well, one. I went to one paper towel thing and I'm like, putting my hand under it a bunch of times, just like (laughs) flailing (laughs) and nothing comes out. So I start to walk to the other side of the bathroom to use the other one. And as soon as I get about halfway, the one I was trying to use dispenses the paper towel. Sure. Of course. Of course. course. And I was just mortified. And I was like, why do I care? I don't know these people. (laughs) They're just trying to go to the bathroom and wash their hands. (laughs) But (laughs) all right. Well, we will be back after this break. Will we? Is there a break? (laughs) Is there a break? I don't think that there is. So we have discussed many times that there are some major components of the Montessori method. And one pillar that we always think of or come across is grace and courtesy. That's like, I feel like something we've talked about many, many times, but haven't dug into. So we are going to dig into it. This episode, Maria shared with us grace and courtesy is the term used to refer to the idea of teaching children to be a polite, respectful member of society. Pat Ludic defines grace as the manner in which we value ourselves. 
It is an intrinsic quality of a person, which describes how self-esteem plays into selfless behavior. And courtesy, then, is how one offers grace to other people. Ludic defines courtesy as the manner in which we respect the beings of others. The two ideas of grace and courtesy are reliant on each other and are taught simultaneously. The children learn what to do and why to do it at the same time. Grace and courtesy is taught to all ages in each and every Montessori classroom. It is just um, presented in many different ways depending on the age and the stage of the development of the child. So Maria describes how we are teaching grace and courtesy is helping the children understand how to interact with society as a whole and as a framework for how to be a part of a particular social environment. In Maria's studies, she shared that these teachings should not only be happening in the classroom, but also outside of the classroom. Some examples could be as simple as lessons on greeting each other, participating in conversations by actively listening without interrupting, and resolving conflicts and following directions. As Dr. Maria Montessori states, a child who becomes a master of his acts through repeated exercises of grace and courtesy and who has been encouraged by the pleasant and interesting activities in which he has been engaged is a child filled with health and joy and remarkable for his calmness and discipline. Okay, ladies, so what are our thoughts on grace and courtesy? I know we all really love that this is a part of the Montessori method and um, it's something we all really have wanted to dig into. Laura, do you want to share first? Um, yeah, I can try to not talk for 10 hours about it because the thing about this topic is it is a pretty broad one in the in the way that like it can be found in the Montessori classroom and philosophy. Like there's so many things that you wouldn't even think belong to a curriculum that fall into this one. And I think that's maybe my first thing to say is that I love that this is a legitimate part of the curriculum in the Montessori training. Like it goes beyond just covering the academic concepts and lessons. And this is a huge part of our everyday work in the classroom. And now for us as parents in our homes, because we've learned from the training, how extremely valuable it is to creating a truly well-rounded whole little human being. When you were reading that, it kind of struck me. I forget, I think, a lot about um, the grace part of grace and courtesy. I, I mean, mm. in, in terms of it applying to yourself, right? Like you said that grace is how you value yourself, right? Yeah. And then that's an, that's the kind of the first step in the, the groundwork before you then get into the courtesy, which is how you then are treating others with grace, in theory, the grace that you expect to be treated with because you value yourself. And so if you expect that of others, then you will show it to others. And I think I forget a lot about the valuing yourself, just me as a person, not even as a teacher or a mother, just Laura as a human. I think I focus a lot on the courtesy. I show the courtesy. I show grace to others. I give others a lot of grace. I forget to do that for myself and to do kind of that work of building up my own self-value in order to have a more authentic experience with grace and courtesy. Is that making sense to anybody else? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I I was going to say the same thing because I feel like this is such a large part. It's like a pillar of the Montessori curriculum. So I know we all really want to do it justice. 
And I was just, I was blown away by the same part in your intro, Rachel, where you said grace as a manner in which we value ourselves. And I think if I just put this into context, we talk really often, even on this podcast, about giving ourselves grace in motherhood. And it's important because we need to value ourselves beyond our daily tasks, our struggles, our mistakes, or even our successes. And this is what we're trying to model to our children. It's okay that you don't get it right all the time. And that's not what makes you worthy. And we have to practice this. Oh, Megan's going to say it again. We have to practice this ourselves. (laughs) First. (laughs) For anyone else who was already thinking that. Um, (laughs) I raised my hand just to give a shit. Nobody can see the one. Um, (laughs) And how the self-esteem plays into selfless behavior that is so key as well. So I think, Laura, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. And I think that we can easily talk about the lessons that we give in the classroom. But I think it's really important to talk about this first of the why we do it, that we're trying to help our children shape the way that they view themselves and in turn how they view others and the world. When we talk about peace education, like this all goes together. Rachel, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, um, just I think for me, I, you know, I teach at such a young level. And then my my child is at that age now, too. So I'm shaping who they're becoming, right, as they enter my classroom or as my little one is, you know, in my home. And we want to live in a world where people respect one another and we can have different opinions, but we listen to each other. And that's what I want for my child, right? So that's what I would want for all of my students in my classroom. So I think you're, you both are right too, though, on the other end, that I don't give myself grace at all, really. I mean, in this, to be honest, I beat myself up all the time. I was just beating myself up about painting walls. I mean, I don't actually have to have walls painted. (laughs) I mean, in reality, my child really, realistically, my child will have a bed. Like we have a bassinet. We're all good. Like it's just, we do. We, we have we have to start with giving ourselves grace. And then, like, I agree with both of you. I totally give everybody else grace. Or, like, I, I give both of you grace. All the, We're mothers. I know life is hard, whatever. But I think I definitely don't give myself grace enough. Um, yeah. 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 And I think it is important work for us as humans and then also for the children. I, I Again, I love that this is an actual part of your training as a teacher or as a guide. It's a part of the curriculum. There are lessons that don't even really feel like lessons. They're just modeling things throughout the day that you're not going to see teachers even being able to take the time to do in a traditional setting more often than not. Like Rachel, you're saying you work with such a young level that starts with just like a, you know, my child gets dropped off at the door to her classroom and by the time she's about three, it's kind of expected and always modeled that she shakes hands with her teacher and she makes eye contact and there's an exchange, there's a greeting. Someone says, good morning to you. You say good morning back. And you really take that time to connect with the person in front of you. And that is such a huge, huge thing that is so like necessary to us as human beings. And sadly, something we are really moving away from, right? Totally. So those are just huge life skills and skills as a human being in general. And also something that we're really lacking in today's culture is just that whole idea of respecting everybody else's opinions and everybody else having a place at the table. 
And the core purpose of this work is to, you know, to help guide a human who truly understands that, that it's okay for you to be different from me and to know, you know, respectful, graceful, alternative ways to deal with those differences. And yeah, I just think that that's huge. I think that's such an awesome part of the Montessori philosophy. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people know that it's part of it because if you were to just look into a classroom and you just see these children calmly working and it just, there's this kind of busy but calm buzz about the classroom and you might just think okay what what's the what is going on how is what's the secret sauce and honestly the secret sauce is that these are actual lessons that they've been given so a teacher has taken the time to show them and model for them and also hold those expectations of how they should be interacting in the classroom like walking around a rug the children often work on mats on the floor and they're given a lesson of how to walk around someone else's work how to ask for help if a teacher is working with another student how to wait and not interrupt a child that is in the middle of a lesson so there's things that that are actually part of the curriculum that are being given in lessons that we don't necessarily get in other types of schools they're kind of expected but never explicitly Yeah. And I mean, I give those lessons in toddler. We don't step on other friends' work. We walk around their work. One other thing is respecting other space. That's a big thing. Um, I think that we in toddler really focus on and in training is made to be a big deal because these children are individuals. They're little people and they deserve to be treated just as everybody else in this world. So if they need space, they have every right to share with a friend. I need space. I need you to move away from me. And that's great, right? If I'm an adult, I want to tell somebody I need space, then I hope they back up (laughs) just as that toddler deserves the same respect. It's, it's very, it's a, a lot of it is very simple things that we're, we're sharing and the lessons that are being given, but it's setting these children up for success and for them to be social and successful in these social environments to give them the right way to go about things and not, you know, get mad or step on somebody's work. And then that creates conflict there. Well, I, so I have, um, a list from montessoriparenting.org and I kind of wanted to go over them because I feel like sometimes we can get really entrenched in the philosophy because we're very passionate about it but sometimes it's hard to pick out what practically you can do in your home so they have this list based on age what you can focus on in your house Laura, did you want to say something? No, I'm actually really excited oh, yeah. that you're, no, that you're transitioning you. to a bunch of like really realistic things to do because I, I assume anybody listening, I'm including myself, is like, okay, well, give me more examples yeah. of how to be implementing totally. this at home. I'm glad. I think we – I mean, hopefully we did a sufficient job of kind of explaining why this is even an important thing to keep in mind to want to try at home even at all. So go ahead. Hit us with some ways that you can okay. be doing this for real. So from zero to three, so this is Rachel's, this is her group. Some things we can do at home is prioritize participating in family meals, events, and celebrations. Now, I know this one can be really hard. We all have children of this age. It's easy to hand them 
a phone or a tablet when you're at a restaurant. Maybe you just want to eat. And I am not judging you if you decide to do that because sometimes you just want to (laughs) eat and you're hungry and that's okay. Um, I just think that if you're being intentional about this and maybe not all the time, maybe making that an exception and most of the time trying to involve them in those social environments so that they can learn how to interact. The next one is model polite greetings and phrases. Please, thank you, excuse me. Practicing expressing feelings, wishes, wants, and preferences. And if you have a toddler, you know that one of the ways they do this is just screaming. (laughs) And so offering words to help them verbalize these wants. I would like, can I please have, (laughs) things like that. They they need those words. They don't just come out into the world knowing how to respectfully ask for things. So we model them for them. Okay. Ages three to six years old, practice solving conflicts between siblings and friends and later without adult mediation. I feel like we can get into this one yeah. quite a bit. Um, yeah, definitely. Especially as they get a little older. So we'll, we'll circle back to that. Maybe even... a dedicate a whole episode to that. I think we could. Oh, totally. We really could. Conflict resolution, peer mediation. And that's a huge one. Because even towards the end of toddler, like I'm not typically, I kind of stand back for my three-year-old, like my two and a half, three-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah. So this is part of that grace and courtesy. Explain and require polite behavior in different settings, greeting guests, introducing oneself in a restaurant, theaters, or sports facilities. So Obviously, this probably wasn't written (laughs) within the last two years, (laughs) but it is important that children learn how to interact with other adults, learn how to introduce themselves or speak in a group setting with confidence and confidence comes from repetition. So the next one is actively participates in cultural and or religious events. So again, making them a part of our community. Just... Because I could imagine some people being like, wait, wait, I'm sorry, I'm required to make them participate in religious events. So is cultural slash religious events. So like, I love that summing it up by just saying community, what's going on yeah. in your community, have them out and interacting. This is maybe a good time to even be revisiting this list because to your point for the last two years, people have not been having big community gatherings, you know, like social norms and social graces and social etiquette have taken a big backseat and are now like slowly starting to come to the forefront again. So this might be a really good time to be looking at, well, how do we get back into it? And now that we're back into it, why is it important that my kid be involved? Yeah. I feel like even as simple as if you are going to the grocery store, I know it's harder to bring your child and maybe that's your alone time. And I I get it. So if it's something you don't mind doing, taking your child to go to the grocery store and have them say hello to the person checking them out and interacting with them, maybe handing them some money and making them a part of whatever kind of exchanges you are having in your daily life. Because I think we get busy and we get rushed and we want to just get things done. And we forget that these little things are really important for our children because they're not important for us. We've learned how, well, (laughs) I might've had a regression and how to deal with other people (laughs) and how to like respond in not the most awkward way (laughs) in the history of the world. But so we need practice too. 
And I think that it's just important if we make it a priority to involve them as much as we can, that we can make it a little bit more intentional and purposeful. All right. So that was three to six. You were going to, do you have six to six six to nine or six to 12. Six to 12. Okay. Have children responsible for running errands and communicating with representatives. So I guess I just talked about that. Um, Encourage your child to make appointments and phone calls. Okay. This is a really good one. That's so good though because as a kid, I hate – I still don't like doing it, y'all. I I still don't. Didn't I just talk about this in one of the episodes, how I can't even call to order food? (laughs) And I think – you know, you turn 18 and all of a sudden you have to make your own doctor's appointment. And so you just don't go to the doctor for 10 years. Pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that these are really important things to – I think we forget kids can do it and they're in this part of their development are eager to. They might be nervous, but it's part of their development that they want to. Okay, what was next? Together, practice writing greeting cards and letters, thank you cards to friends and family. That's a really good one. Those are awesome. Those are and I will say from working with that age group, they love that stuff too. So like that's oh, yeah. not like for me right now as an adult, that is an awful task that I do not look forward to. 100%. I have anxiety yeah. about it. I put it off for too long. I never end up sending the freaking card. A kid, you're going to write a friendly letter of any kind. Yes, absolutely. They will do it over and over and over again for the entire work cycle if you let them. So that's a great activity. And I feel like this is something that we come back to a lot is that the way that this curriculum is set up is to be enticing to that age group developmentally. So these are things that they want to do. So you're just feeding into that natural intrinsic motivation by offering those opportunities. Okay. I'd still have 12 to 18. Okay. I don't know if anyone's listening for children older, but there's just a couple of them. So encourage the adolescent to be active in community, local politics, connect with the municipal offices and address local issues that affect them. Seek out volunteering and service opportunities like local charities, pet shelters, or needs of the neighborhood. And that's my list. Awesome. I love that. That really does reinforce both the concept of doing things that are building their self-esteem and their confidence and their worth as a person, and then also constantly modeling how to be interacting in society because you're not you're not a one-man show. You don't exist in a vacuum. There are all of these people around you. So now that you know how to communicate, let's go out and do that. So like each step is just building up more and more to the point where you are now contacting local representatives for government (laughs) and getting involved in being an agent of change. But it started with a handshake and eye contact with your teacher as a three-year-old. Yeah. And that's so cool. That's the beautiful part about grace and courtesy being a part of the curriculum, which I know we keep saying that over and over again. But just as Megan shared, you can like hear the growth that starts with that toddler to move through that adolescent to that 18 year old to an adult. I mean, that's, that's the growth that's happening and the steps that are being taken. And even starting at such a young age, I feel like it makes such a big difference. I feel like we need to do that more too, because I think that we can focus a lot on either the age that our children are or the age that we teach and not really give a full view of where we're trying to go and how we're trying Mm -hmm. to support children to be able to like make 
political change, like that's a big thing. And that's something that we want to prepare them for starting from the moment that they're in our care. And so I think also this means that when we are interacting with our community, we have to be modeling that constantly by being polite and gracious and offering courtesy to the people that are in the service industry, to the people who are a part of our everyday lives, because our children are watching this and learning how to interact as well. Because I think personally, I can be a little bit um, shy no, <laughs> but really, yes. <laughs> and maybe non-interactive, not because I don't enjoy people, but because, again, I get anxious in public bathrooms. <laughs> and so I think that I need to check myself and be more friendly and have conversations and make my children see that they can make connections and human interactions a part of their everyday life and that it's a beautiful and wonderful thing to be connected to our community. Even as an introvert, I think what you're describing is that you have introvert tendencies, right? That's the word. Yeah, that's, that's the, word. the word. And I think oh, gosh. <laughs> I think that is to a degree nature versus nurture. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah, just gonna be how you are as a person versus what was modeled for you. But I do think that if you are inclined to have an introverted nature having a lot of that modeled for you by a parent that is doing at least their best to be comfortable with it is going to be helpful because the child earning and growing confidence in themselves comes from feeling confident in their abilities to interact with society. So at no point in there were we building their confidence by telling them, you're the best, you're great, you're amazing. Their mm, confidence is being filled by how yeah. they feel from treating other people well. And having positive social interactions, that is building their confidence. And so for them to get those positive interactions, we need to show them how to do that and give them the opportunities to do that. And that's not always going to be easy for every kid. And not every kid is going to jump at that opportunity. You just keep offering it and modeling it and not pushing it. Yeah. Focus on that, not pushing it, because that's something yeah. we don't want you to go into. <laughs> So be, you know, give them grace too. If they're just not there yet, they're not there yet. But you you help them work towards it so that they're not also now a 30-something-year-old adult with crippling anxiety about making a phone call to another <laughs> adult. Like, this is a real thing that I also have talked about. So like, yeah. I feel like you need to not just drop your mic, but just kick it over, <laughs> flip your desk, <laughs> and just walk out the door because stick a pin in it. There you go. What do you stick? Stick a fork, stick in, fork, it. fork in it. It's done. Because it is done. Well, it's done. I think for me, y'all just made me think about the past two years obviously have been very, very different. And I'm thinking in my head, I take the easy way out now. Like I do drive up. I do curbside. I order yeah. groceries for delivery. Like, yeah. You've eliminated a lot of I those have. times where there would be human contact. And a lot of it in the beginning, of course, was because of life. And of course. Yeah. yeah. By you, I also mean me. I'm not judging you. I've done yeah, the same yeah. thing. So like- I mean, a lot of it is safety yeah. right yeah. now. Yeah, of course. You know, so no judgment to anybody who is doing all of Definitely those things not. because it's the safest thing for your family. But, but it also at this point has become- Almost my preferred way, yes. if that's where you're yeah, going. Yeah, totally. That. That's yeah. what I'm thinking in my head. Like, it's become yeah. my preferred way. So, but I still need that social interaction. So, like, I need to figure out how in my life I can 
have a balance, maybe a better balance. balance. Yeah. yeah. I do want to circle super quickly to Megan, you said like, watch how you interact with people when you're out and about. But I think that also it's really important that you watch how you interact with people, period, including the ones regularly around you and in your home. Um, and mm-hmm. I mean, they're just soaking up everything that you're doing. So like I, it occurred to me, I have to do better with that. And it's a silly example, but like we have a cat. We have this little old weird little cat that My all the- child adores your cat. <laughs> all the kids love this cat. He's such a weird little cat and he's super sweet and he loves, he, he'll, he tolerates them. I'll say that. I won't say he loves, but he does all kinds of annoying things, right? And as he's meowing annoyingly or trying to climb up on a blanket and getting stuck, you know, I'll catch myself or I'll catch Chris being like, get down, go, you know, like yelling at him and being just like immediately quickly irritated and aggressive. And it occurs to me that like, I'm going to have zero ability to be surprised if the next time she gets frustrated with something or someone, she screams at them. Like that's what she's seeing me do. And it's just with the cat, right? But but that to her is an interaction, a valuable part of her day. She loves that cat. She loves mommy. She's noticing how mommy's talking to the cat. And so she's discerning that that's okay to do. And so like, you know, if I want her to not go right to that kind of reaction with anybody or anything, including herself, including getting that way with herself when she's frustrated, I have to check my tone in all the things that I do. Thanks for calling me out. (laughs) It's not an easy thing. It's not an easy thing. We're all being called out. And I think that that's part of the grace again. So we are talking about this and we all are seeing things that we could potentially do differently or incorporate into our daily life, but we also have to give ourselves grace as we expect our children to give themselves grace in that we aren't perfect. This is a really stressful time, not only in motherhood, but in the world. And we're doing the best we can and we'll continue to do the best we can with the information we have. So yeah, when you can doing great, take a breath, catch yourself, give yourself that grace before you react because you know, they're they are. They're watching that more than what you're telling them is always what you're showing them. In our Montessori training, they teach you if you're working in a room with another adult, you better check how you're interacting with that adult yep. because they are watching that all day. And that's the same thing at home with you and your partner. If you have one in your life, um, whoever Part is, of their you know, environment. Whoever is yeah. in their environment. Yeah. They're watching not just how you speak to them, but how you speak to others. So- Keep that in mind. I, I mean, and I say that to myself as much as everybody else. We're really just talking yeah, to ourselves at this point. We're just <laughs> listening to each other and taking each other's advice at the moment. So yeah, it's super helpful though. Thanks, guys. Yes. I really appreciate you guys. I appreciate you. That's so courteous of you to say. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap it. Let's wrap it. Oh, it's me. I'm wrapping it. Okay. You always <laughs> you do this always every do this. time. Yep. Every, every single, single time. time. Um, okay. She's surprised when it <laughs> oh. wraps up as she forcefully <laughs> tells us. It's <laughs> wrap it up, guys. Wrap it up. Oh, it's me. I wrap it up. <laughs> All right. With that being said, then, let's go ahead and lighten things up a bit and finish out the show with our favorite segment, Confessions from the Wild. What do we even have to share this week? Do we have confessions? Anybody? I do. There's my girl coming through. You always come through. I'm so embarrassed. (laughs) Okay. This is like an actually embarrassing story. Okay. So, and I need to do it justice by how uncomfortable and awkward it was. So I am in the airport in 
New York LaGuardia Airport, just to set the stage for everybody. So when I checked in, I wasn't given a seat assignment. So that's annoying. So anxiety through the roof immediately. <laughs> oh, that stresses for me. me anyway. Where am I gonna sit? Yeah, that stresses yeah. me out. So I go to the person at the desk and tell them I need a seat assignment, and she was like, "Great." So I gave her my passport and my ticket, and so she takes it. She does her little cookity clack, <laughs> and then hands me back my passport. And I put it in my bag and then I just am waiting for my ticket. And so she's typing, 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 and I'm just standing there waiting. It's been like a minute, two minutes, three minutes. And you know when you're standing and waiting, like four or five minutes have gone by. That's a long time <laughs> yeah. to just stand there. And after a while, her kind of typing kind of fades away. And she's just <laughs> kind of looking around. <laughs> She's just kind of looking around the terminal <laughs> and then she kind of just like is shifting to side to side. And then she looks at me and she's like, do you need anything? And I was like, no, <clears throat> like, no, she said, do you need anything else? And so I'm thinking, <laughs> do I need additional? Right. In addition yeah, to like what I've already covered that else. I thought yes. that you were actively assisting me with right now. Yeah. And so I was like, no. And so she just kind of looks uncomfortable and then just continues to just stand there. <laughs> okay. And so then I continue to do <laughs> And after another several, several excruciatingly long minutes, I was like, and there's people starting to line up behind me. So I was just like, should I just come back for my ticket? And she was like, ma'am, I gave it to you. She had put it in Your passport. the passport mm. and I put it in my bag oh. and I was just <laughs> I was just standing there staring at her and she was like, Do you need anything else? And I was like, Nope. Oh nope, my god. I don't need anything. I like have my elbows <laughs> on oh my gosh. Just, just like leaning, just that's hilarious. Oh my god, just casually just lounging, glaring at her across the counter. And I couldn't counter. even like when she said, oh, it's in your bag, I kind of tried to like awkwardly laugh like, ha ha, isn't that just like quirky and funny? And she was like not having it. And so I just walked away just with my tail between my legs. Just like I can't go on this flight. I have to live in New York now. I just – it's a I have to immediately airport. go underground. I can never mm -hmm. be seen by another human. <laughs> Just awkward, so, socially awkward stalker. On her Confessions from the Wild, on her podcast, she's out there talking about how some lady just stood at the counter for 10 minutes staring at <laughs> She's her. like, you guys, I clearly, clear as day, tucked this lady's ticket into her passport and handed it to her. <laughs> And then she proceeded to <laughs> smile nervously at me for 50 – I just love it. I love it, Megan. Yeah. I love it. Yep. So that is my confession. I'm very embarrassed. And I just put my hood over because I, you know, wearing my really warm hoodie, put it over my head and <laughs> embarrassingly walked onto the plane. That is a walk of shame, my friends. There you go. Amazing. Amazing. Did not disappoint. You have anything, Rachel? Um, yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> I um 
am a big self-tanner person when it comes to like I did not know this about you. I didn't either. I thought that was natural. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. No, when it comes to this time of year. So like I ordered a new kind because, you know, I'm pregnant and I didn't know if my old kind was pregnancy safe and da 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 da. So like I did it Sunday before church and I went to church. It like, you know, it it looked fine because you, it like gets darker within 12 hours. So like you don't shower that that night. And then I wake up the next morning. It was like, bam, you know, I'm really tan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But um, I guess I, I don't know. I I wasn't thinking or I I had conferences on Monday too. So I was like, I'm going to wear the same dress. I wore to church Sunday because it was so nice and warm and I didn't do my feet. (laughs) Oh (laughs) no. So like it stops at my ankles and it looks like I'm wearing (laughs) white socks. Literally. Oh my god. <laughs> Wait, but did you realize this after you got to school for the day? And like when I sit down to have my first conference, I looked down at my feet. Perfect. And I was like Perfect. Oh my gosh. See, that's the hard thing too, because then you can't think of anything else. Oh, I thought about it all day. And I <laughs> it was driving me crazy. Thankfully I had on I had on like tan wedges and they like the loop went around my ankle. So it like was not like it nobody probably saw it but me and my assistant was like laughing at me because she was like seriously Rachel like you walked in and I could tell you didn't do it can we talk about oh my god you were 29 weeks pregnant and wearing a dress (laughs) you tanned yourself and are wearing (laughs) wedges and Laura is not and she's in a (laughs) I am in a comforter with sleeves my hair is sticking off this side of my head from the way that I laid on the couch for too long. We earlier. are not worthy, Rachel. Well, you should have seen when she did my ultrasound. I have this big old splotch of like tanner on my belly, and everything else is like white and stretch mark covered. Like, and she didn't say anything, and I didn't say anything. It was just like this awkward moment of like, yeah, clearly I'm not good at self tanner. This is where I'm at. Well, and you know what I love the most about the image of you in the parent conference is I think probably 90% of the people out there are thinking, well, okay, it's on your feet. Like you sit at a table, right? Like your feet are under the table. Who's looking under the table? But you cannot do that because you have the toddler <laughs> no classroom table. and your table is big and your feet are going to be visible. So I just, I love it. I love it. Again, once again, you both did. <laughs> We're really good at making ourselves look like idiots. I don't even have – I am so good at that, and yet I come prepared with nothing. <laughs> like, what is wrong with me? Because I don't have one, let's just go ahead and wrap it up. So why don't you do the conclusion, okay. Megan, and then we're good. Thank you for listening to Montessori Moms in the Wild. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow us, subscribe, and rate. I won't beg you this time, so if you could just do it without me begging you, <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> we are available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram. Instagram at Montessori Moms in the Wild or email us at Montessori Moms in the Wild at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next week, stay wild. Nice yes. work. We Excellent, did. ladies. We Excellent. Did. And we didn't get the giggle. Right microphone. <laughs> <laughs>